Today, we're going to talk about learning to recognize the season of life that your family is in and how to adjust your expectations accordingly. Hey, I'm Jay Holland, and I want to welcome you to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is a podcast for families who want to thrive and not just survive their parenting years. Each week, I'll bring you an insight or an interview that will help strengthen your marriage, parenting, or your walk with Jesus. If you find this podcast helpful, I would ask that you subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also go to letsparentonpurpose.com and search for past topics, as well as get a hold of free resources that I've created to help your family. And as we get into the podcast uh, content here a little bit, you're going to maybe even recognize that uh, you're in multiple seasons of the same time as your life, because maybe you're super advanced or your family's super complex. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening today. We have new listeners every single week, so I want to let you know about this if if you're on the front end or you haven't got it yet. Um, I have created a ebook to help your family out, an ebook to help your family out called Fun Family Conversations. It's a guide for helping drive meaningful conversations during uh, your morning routine, your drive time, your dinner time, and meal time with your children. Um, some of them are funny questions. Some of them are spiritually deep. Uh, some of them are just to provoke your imagination. But it'll just help you along the way. And if you would like a copy of that, you can text the word THINGS, T-H-I-N-G-S, to 66866. That's THINGS to 66866. And if you are international, like... Uh, Cherie from Australia, who emailed me because she didn't know if that text would work, just send me an email at jay at letsparentonpurpose.com, and I'll make sure that I uh, hook you up. Or just go to letsparentonpurpose.com, and you can get it straight from the website there. There's a link to do that. If you have been listening to this podcast for a few months, you might have caught an episode or two where I mentioned that I have been writing a book. Uh, I've been writing a book on parenting, and and it's a running title right now. It's a funny running title. is Parenting is a Marathon, Not a Sprint. And and the idea is just learning to take a very, very long-term view of parenting, actually like a multi-generational view of parenting. And and what that does is, number one, like this has been a big deal for me. I have a a 17-year-old daughter. I've still got, you know, an 8, 10, and 11-year-old children. So I've got elementary, early middle school, but but my daughter just finished high school and uh, her associate's degree. I'm super proud of her, but that's crazy because you also have this like rise of panic of there's still so many things that she needs to be trained in. There's still so many things that are not yet formed. And, and it was helpful for me to remember how unformed I was by 17 and remembering that 18 is not the finish line of parenting. That So just even writing this book has been a good uh, cathartic exercise and therapeutic process for me to realize uh, that, you know, my commitment to my children is for my entire life and their entire life. And as a matter of fact, my hope is that my parenting outlasts my lifetime. And so I would hope that for you too. I hope that that you can take a view that your parenting uh, and the effects of your parenting are not just in this time period where you've got toddlers or little ones or teenagers running around the house, but um, that you can think how your parenting is actually going to affect your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and, and who knows how many generations after that if the Lord doesn't come back. You know, that can be terrifying to think about, but, but to me it was really settling and really helpful um, because it took the pressure off of the right now and living in this culture that is so 
overly urgent with everything, um, it was just really good to remember that, you know, today is important, today is a gift, but I'm probably not going to destroy my child's life with my mistakes of today. Uh, And the other thing is just realizing, man, sometimes like you just don't have much in the tank. Uh, You don't have a lot in the tank parenting-wise. You don't have a lot in the tank work-wise because your tank is being pulled from all the time. So today what I'm actually going to do is I want to share with you the introduction section to this uh, part of the book called Rules for Recovery and then the chapter that goes along with it called Seasons of Life. Um, You know, if you're listening to this in... kind of close order of when it came out. We're near the Christmas season, and that's a fun season of life. You know, it's very unique each year. Uh, But that Christmas season, it it requires a lot of extra commitments, um, and it requires a lot of extra expenses. You could not live your entire year like you do the Christmas season. Um, You would be so broke, and you would be so exhausted from, from all of the extra commitments. Uh, so, you know, what do you do at Christmas time? You kind of adjust, right? Like you you stop doing some things because you stop even doing some patterns and routines. Uh, maybe you're less disciplined on what you eat, whatever. You got a lot going on and, and you have to adjust. And so uh, thinking through that seasons of life, that's where we're going to get to as I read for you um, a little section from the book that you, when I'm in the right season in this coming year, I hope, I'll get to put out. Just still have some edits to do and... Uh, I have to get in the right season in my own family. So uh, I hope you enjoy this, Rules for Recovery, and um, and that you get something really encouraging out of it today. Uh, by the way, the, again, I, t- I said that the title is Parenting is a Marathon, Not a Sprint. And so I do this uh, from the analogy of uh, if you were going to be a marathoner and a long-distance runner, um, what would you need? You would need the right mindset. You would need the right disciplines. You would need uh, the right rules for recovery and then the right celebration uh, mentality in life. And so let's talk about recovery. In addition to enjoying the last 20 years of my life as a mediocre runner, I've also spent a decade as a mediocre triathlete. Uh, None of my competitive stories are actually impressive unless I'm telling you the ones where something went wrong. Uh, Like, for example, in my first sprint triathlon, uh, I did this in Nashville, Tennessee. I was climbing this really steep hill in Tennessee and I had borrowed a bike from uh, a friend because I didn't, I only owned a mountain bike. So I borrowed my friend's like 10 speed or 20 speed bike, but man, that thing was like 20 years old. And as I'm climbing this really steep, probably half mile long or maybe mile long hill, uh, my bike chain exploded and it sent me hurling over the front of my handlebars face first into the pavement. Uh, My attempt to fix the chain actually just permanently disabled the bike. So I kind of walked my bike up to the top of the hill. I sat for a long time. Um, uh, eventually, somebody, a stranger, came along uh, who was the bike mechanic. He loaned me his bike, and I finished the race about twice the time that I had planned on. Uh, another another story of how exciting my running career and, and triathlon career and everything is. In the first half marathon that I ever did... Um, I absolutely could not make myself go to the restroom before the race. Um, I needed to, but you know, you get up early, you got jitters, and I couldn't do it. And then I'm eight miles into this 13-mile race, and my body just decided it's time. And so running along, and I happen to be running alongside this, uh, this girl who was like a high school classmate of mine. Uh, I saw a porta potty I'm like, I got to go. And so I took a detour in the middle of my half marathon um, and, uh, had to do a, a quick number two. Um, that's 
exactly how you imagine your first big race to go. Um, on, on training runs to prepare for races, I've had to call my wife to pick me up before because I was afraid that I might have a stroke. Uh, I've had several periods where I've uh, had to shut down training to allow my body to rest and to, to rebuild with better nutrition. Then, So there was this time when I tried an Olympic triathlon, which is it's like a mile swim, a 26-mile bike ride, and a six-mile run. Um, and I had trained and trained and trained for it, and, and, and it was race day. It was down in Miami. Um, I'm two hours into the race, or just under two hours into the race, I think. Uh, I'm 100 yards from the finish line after a one-mile swim, a 24-mile bike ride, and a six-mile run, and my sugar crashes. I collapse on the sidewalk. I'm completely disoriented and delirious. After several minutes of chaos, uh, I was surrounded by a bunch of paramedics and other people, a bunch of people I've never known before. They were trying to get me to like move off to the side of the path, but I decided uh, that nobody could arrest me. There were a couple like guys in police uniforms there, and I remember having the thought, you know what? They can't arrest me for getting up and finishing this race. So I, I kind of wobbled up to my feet and 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 wobbled along the last hundred yards of the race with some random lady shoving candy bars and Gatorade in my mouth. Um, I didn't realize I was out of my mind until I got to the finish line where I leapt across like a ballerina. Um, not something I normally do. And yes, I was out of my mind. Um, so what does this have to do with parenting? Well, I can think of two correlations. Number one, Bad experiences are just great stories in the making. Nobody wants to hear about your victorious race where you did everything right and ran ran at first place. And nobody wants to hear about your perfect vacation. But when bad things happen, you got a great story in the making. So remember that. And then number two, the rarity is when something goes smoothly. You know, we live in a sinful, broken world, and you are still in the midst of character transformation, as is every member of your household. You should expect injury, exhaustion, and depletion, but you don't have to live injured, exhausted, and depleted. Uh, if you have any hope of parenting your family over the very long run, then you need to understand and live by some helpful rules for recovery. So today, I want to focus on uh, a particular set of rules for recovery, and that's understanding um, seasons of life. So here's the rule. You must learn, you must learn to recognize the season of life that your family is in and adjust your expectations accordingly. Let me say that again. You must learn to recognize the season that your family is in and adjust your expectations accordingly. You know, depending on where you live, you experience two to four seasons every year. When I lived in West Virginia, we had summer, winter, spring, and fall. Now I live in South Florida and we have three seasons. We have paradise, wet Hades, and hurricane. Those are our seasons. You know, as a runner living in any region of the world, you would adjust your training schedule to the seasons of weather. So like you don't do a lot of distance training if you're in an area with sub-zero temperatures and blizzards. In the south, you shouldn't go running uh, a lot of long runs in the middle of the summer unless you just plan on dying. Uh, the point is that a wise runner adapts their training and competitive schedule to their environment, and a wise parent also needs to recognize the seasons of life. Things won't always be like they are right now. To keep your sanity, you must learn to recognize the season that you're in and modify your expectations and assumptions and enjoy the time that God's given you. So as I'm talking about seasons, perhaps you're thinking about the age of your children. And yes, this is one way to look at seasons, but it's not the only way. So I'm going to list some different kinds of seasons, and I want you to think through 
the ones that you've experienced or that you're experiencing now. Uh, How did this season change what you were able to reasonably expect of yourself? So the first one, uh, child development seasons. You know, babies and toddlers take a tremendous amount of time and energy, especially for moms. Elementary years can be full of wonder, but also an increasing level of commitment as your child begins to explore friendships, hobbies, and interests. The middle school years include massive transitions in mind, body, emotions, spirit, and friends. Sometimes it feels like your child is trying on a new personality every day or every other day, and that's because they are. The high school years often involve the growing sense of competence in your child and independence, but also um, radical shifts back to uh, how in the world could they possibly do this. Um, Your role shifts from caregiver to coach to advisor as they journey towards adulthood. Now, there might be a continual tension between their desire for increased autonomy and your recognition that they're still quite incompetent at many of the adult things. The college years are a radically different time of parenting but still one where you're really needed. If you have multiple children, you might be experiencing several of these seasons at once, which might lead you to conclude that you're in the middle of a hurricane season. So you need to recognize what are the child development seasons that you're in, and you need to adjust your your expectations accordingly. The second is transition seasons. You know, if your family moves, if you switch schools, add another member to your family, if, if, if a, a dad or a mom lands a new job or experiences some other major life event, you might live for a while in a transition season. You might experience strange behavior from different family members as each one processes these changes in their own way. Um, in two th- Man, there was like a two-year period uh, of my life where I think I experienced all of these things. I, I experienced the death of a... And so, like, think about this from my little girl's perspective as well. I experienced the, the death of a spouse, quit my job, uh, moved, sold a house, um, started a new job, met a new girl, got married. Um, then we had to move again. So I think it was like a three-year period um, of three different cities, um, three different... Um, jobs for me, um, my little girl, you know, preschool, kindergarten, and school in, in three different towns, and um, two two different mommies for her. So, like, that's major for a child, and it was major for me. It was major for everybody, and it's important to recognize, like, in these transition seasons, y- you're not going to be super high-functioning across the board in a lot of ways, so give yourself some grace. Uh, another one is grieving seasons. Uh, A loss of a loved one, a painful split from a church or a friendship, a significant breakup or a moral failure, or some other heartbreaking experience might signal the beginning of a grieving season. Westerners are not very good at grieving, and we often don't recognize it. So if you find your family in a grieving season, slow down, give time and space for the grieving, and don't be in such a rush to get past this. Um, By the way, I would... Highly recommend just a couple of podcast episodes ago, I had Bethany McLaughlin on and we talked about teaching your children how to grieve. I think it's episode 151. Check it out. If you are remotely near a grieving season, check out that episode. You know, in biblical times, uh, they would often stop life for 40 days when somebody close died. It's preposterous to think that a week or two will heal deep wounds. When the grief monster knocks, let him come in and stay a while. Acknowledge the hurt, the brokenness, but also the hope that you have in Christ. Give it time. It won't always be like this. 
You know, the next season that you want to really recognize is busy seasons. There are times when escaping, there's an escaping a very busy season of your life. Sometimes you can escape it, and then there's times when there's no escaping the busy season of your life. You might have more to do than can possibly get done. Important projects, events, or circumstances might push your capacity to the limits. But I want you to be careful. If you cannot see an endpoint, and if there's not a definitive time coming when things will decompress, or if you're at the end point and you find that your family is just as strung out as you were before, you're not in a busy season. You're in a dangerously unhealthy life. So you need to stop, make some changes, and stop trying to be superhuman. Another season is special needs seasons. If you find yourself in the caretaker role of somebody who is sick or in need of long-term care, you might be in a special needs season. These seasons are different than all the others because they really might not have an end on this earth, or at least none in sight. If this is you, I have some words of comfort and counsel for you. First, this is still a season because you're built for eternity and not just this world. So there is a day when Jesus will make all things new, and the months or years that you spent as a caretaker will be counted as service to Jesus. You'll hear, well done. Secondly, A family in a special needs situation must accept the fact that they cannot compare themselves to others. You know, this is really true for everybody, but it's especially true for special needs families. There might be a significant dying to yourself as you grieve not getting to experience the, quote, normal things that other families do. At the same time, God uses the need in your family to form each person's character in ways that other people never experience. I mean, you think about it. Sometimes the family members of a special needs kid are the most mature, competent, compassionate people that you'll ever come across. And this is a good thing. Jesus is making you more like him uh, through these things. Finally, in a special needs family, everyone eventually has special needs. Not that everybody becomes sick or becomes ill, but everyone experiences a long-term load unlike a normal family. I know it's hard, and I know you're exhausted, but please be intentional about the other individuals of the family. Don't let them fade into the background because of the acute need of one. One last thought. There's no such thing as a normal family. We're all weird. Embrace it. So that is the beginning of the section uh, called Rules for Recovery and Chapter 8, Seasons of Life, of the book that I hope to be able to put out this coming year. If the family season that I'm in calms down from uh, a hurricane to a a stiff breeze, Um, what about you? What's the season that you're in? Uh, What are you experiencing? Do you, when when I talk about this, do do some of these resonate with you? Can you recognize that that you're in a particular season of life? And, And can you make the proper adjustments to give yourself margin, to lower your expectations and, and to, to not live under the crushing weight that you can be everything to everyone at every time. You know, if you'll do this, then uh, you'll make it through the long haul if you make those adjustments. But if not, you're going to collapse. Uh, God built the Sabbath into the order and rhythm of, of the week. Uh, he built rest into uh, your natural living. You know, God designed human beings. He could have designed us to be awake for 24 hours straight every day, and he designed us to need sleep. And I think one of the really cool things to think about just uh, in closing is if you look at things from a Jewish calendar, a Jewish perspective, 
their day begins at sundown and then, you know, goes through sundown on the next day. So one of the very first things that happens in the day of, of, of uh, the ancient Jewish people and, and even some modern ones, one of the very first things that happens in your day is you lay down and you go to sleep. You rest. So you begin your day with rest. And when you wake up, uh, you wake up to a sun that you did not cause to rise. You wake up to a day that you did not cause to begin. Um, God's got it. He's got it under control. And, uh, and it's just a good reminder. I, I like that mindset of like the day begins uh, when the sun goes down. The day begins with rest, um, reminding us that we are not God. We are not the center of the world. So think about the seasons of your life. I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to email me, jay at letsparentonpurpose.com or reach out on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Those would be the best ways to, to do it. Um, to let me know, what did you think about this? What, it, what, what are the seasons of life maybe that you're experiencing um, and how we can support each other through it? Speaking of support, one thing that I don't talk about much, but on Facebook, we actually have something called a Purposeful Parenting Community. Um, there's a handful of, uh, actually several hands full of, of parents on there now. And if you're in a church and you've got a great parenting community, maybe you don't need this, but if you feel scattered, um, or maybe your church, there's just not a lot of parents going through what you're going through. Um, you know, you can reach out to me and I would be glad to add you to that purposeful parenting community so that you just have a bigger support group to walk through stuff. A lot of super wonderful, competent people in there and, um, just something I would love to help you out with. Thanks so much for listening. Um, pay attention to the seasons of your life because if you pay attention to the seasons, you can have life. Friend, thanks so much for listening today. I pray it's been a blessing to you. And if it has, please share this episode with somebody that you care about. If God lays it on your heart, I'd love for you to consider joining our Patreon support community. You can find out about that by going to lessparentonpurpose.com. Finally, if you've got a topic that you'd like to hear me address, send me an email at jay at letsparentonpurpose.com or give me a shout on the Let's Parent on Purpose Facebook page. Hey, please never forget that parenting is a marathon, not a sprint, and that you need a good church family to thrive through all of the different challenges that you're going to face. Keep pointing each other to Jesus and enjoy the gift of life that God's giving you today. Hey, whatever season you're in, it won't always be this way. So set your hope on Christ and not your circumstances. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you soon.